Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I'm beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem Church. We are so excited about the episode that we have prepared for you today. We have some very special guests with us here today, and Pastor Jason is with us once again. It is good to be back, Miss Angela, and thanks for our guests being here. We'll introduce them in just a second. Yes. Today, we're going to be talking about, um, we're actually talking about a conversation that we've been having for a long time here at Bethlehem, and specifically from this only Jesus series that we're in week three, Pastor Jason, you talked about uh, Jesus on race. Sure. And you invited some some guests here to be with us today from a talk that you've had that you actually referenced in that ser- sermon. Sure. Um, so give us a little um, introduction and yeah. tell us a little bit yeah, about that. Yeah, thanks, Angela. And uh, really, the, the setting and the context of our conversation is based off what we're in the middle of our fall series, which is only Jesus. And so there's so many conversations happening in our culture right now around so many issues you know, COVID implications, but then everything else that we've seen play out. And so obviously in this, if you go back in the early summer, um, just the horrific things that we saw with George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, the conversation around um, uh, police brutality, race, all of those different things, we just wanted to bring a gospel lens to it, knowing that the gospel of Jesus Christ is what really supersedes all of these conversations when it comes to healing. Right. So all that to say is instead of coming at it through a cultural lens, instead of coming at it through a what's going on right now lens, instead of coming at it through a biased uh, side of the issue, because there's so many different sides, and the history is so layered in our country, we want to just bring Jesus into the conversation because we do, and we said that Sunday, Angela, the church oftentimes reflected the culture instead of set the tone mm. uh, in the past of, mm. of, of um, you know, racial discrimination in our country. So we as a church just want to continue to set the example of that. That's good. So we have some very special guests with us here today. We have Michael Roundtree. Yes. Hey, how's it going? Michael and Jenny been with us 10 years now. Yes. Michael serves uh, as an usher, been in small groups. Yes. And his wife serves with my wife and Bethlehem Buddies. Uh, they've been in small groups, been here for about 10 years now. Yep. That's cool. And we all, we, Michael and I joked, we know Michael as he's the, the usher with the bow tie. At 316. So, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. right. You might know him. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have Tamika, Tamika Martin. Yes. Hello, Tamika. Hi. Glad to have you here. And Tamika and Travis have been with us seven years. Yes, seven years. Baptized both here, I think. Your family. Uh, Travis serves in the parking lot on our team. Uh, Travis uh, does a fantastic job. Tamika's over our guest services coffee area. Yes. Been serving in a cafe for six and a half years. Yeah. So she kind of leads that whole unit and team. And then her daughter serves with my wife. Yes, she does. She uh-huh. loves serving with the buddies. She's she a junior or senior? Senior. Wow, you're getting old to make it. I am. I know. And so uh, her family's been here with us for seven years, does a great job. Been in small groups, led in different areas. Yes. And so uh, now you're working at... Bear Creek Middle School with Brad Carter's wife, Lauren. It's awesome. It's yes. an awesome job. Brad serves with us. And Michael, you are in... 
The medical field. Yes, surgical tech at uh, Athens Surgery Center. Very cool, very cool. And wow. then our our final guest, last but not least, of <laughs> course, is Ebony Murphy. And she is a wonderful addition to our staff here at Bethlehem Church. And tell us a little bit well, about yourself. Thank you, Angel. Glad to be here. Um, yes, yeah, so I've been on staff. Um, I guess uh, Angel and I started around the same time this That's January, right. uh, January this year. So um, I have thoroughly enjoyed just you know being on staff, first time in ministry, and um, just you know getting my feet wet. It's it's been an amazing experience. And you yep. and Tim have been at the church seven years. Yes, two eleven yep. campus. You're here, then you helped us start two eleven. Then we went to two eleven. Transition back here when yes. we brought you on staff. Yep. And I have served in a lot of capacities. So, very cool. Awesome. Well, the conversation, Angela, that night, uh, immediately following that, we just invited uh, some of our, the folks in our church uh, that are very much a part of this conversation, just invited them in. Uh, mm-hmm. 10 or 12 couples, biracial, African American, uh, have different backgrounds than us. And really, our senior leadership sat around and listened that night. We just asked questions. And so I just wanted to invite that conversation because I think mm. what's important for us as a church to remember is our perspectives are very limited right. mm. to our own personal experiences. And so what happens then is we have biases created by narratives or by other things that, that really we don't realize how much we've been influenced by our one specific perspective and our limited understanding of conversation. So me as a Caucasian pastor in the South, Mm -hmm. um, I at times can be limited in my understanding or experience of this, right? right? Of, of the realities of that. And what we said is the danger of that for me as a guy is to go, when I see things in our culture and I see issues of justice or issues of racism or issues that reflect that, for me, the danger is to throw my hands up and go, well, I'm not a racist. Right. And so that somehow just dis, uh, just just somehow washes my hand clean and says, this is not something I really have a problem with. So this is not my issue. When in fact, as a believer in Jesus, I have to lead the way in this. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to model, the church has to lead the way in modeling this. And so we talked that night about just, we wanted to throw the questions out and hear from uh, our friends here, just from their perspective of that night and just this conversation uh, to let our church have a different perspective. Right, right. Because but, you can also get the sense too, especially if you're following the media, and but every, everyone is so polarized and it's really a lot more nuanced. Very and nuanced. we wanted to yes. yeah. add some real flesh and blood voices to this conversation. And, and you know, issues and again talking about race black and white issues then this is really a gray issue right and by that is that there's so many different layers what you're saying it's so nuanced Mm -hmm. and everybody just seems to want to go and and you have to dive into the conversation and realize your experience is not everybody's experience right Right. to have the conversation and to work towards solutions and to model that as the body of christ yes so the first question that we want to ask um uh and and pastor jason actually referenced this in these questions that we're going to be talking about about reference these in, in his sermon. Um, how are you feeling or how have you felt during this season of racial tension and unrest? Kind of give us a, a summary of how you, the feelings that you've been feeling. These last few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mixed emotions, um, mm-hmm. sad, hurt, angry, and disappointed. Just disappointed in some of the people in the world and their reaction to it. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's been a lot of different emotions for me. And when you say disappointed, expand on that, Tamika. 
when I say disappointing, it disappointed, we are in the world today. We are in 2020. And I, to me, racism shouldn't be in existence right now. Mm-hmm. Right now. I have a daughter who is 17 years old who have been called the N-word. And I didn't want my daughter to live to see someone call her out her name in this time of world. So it's disappointing to see yeah. that racism has still been taught. Mm-hmm. Racism right. is something that you don't just wake up and know. It's taught. And so it's sad to see that people still teach racism to other generations. Yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah. disappointed that generationally there's still a yes. cycle that exists. Yes. Yeah. Good. True. Michael? Uh, stressed and, again, disappointment at, at like, the world. Because I'm thinking people, it's, when I was growing up in the 80s, it's like, oh, well, when I get older, there won't be any, mm-hmm. any racism or, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And... It's 2020, and it's still happening just like it was 1950-something. It may be a little more low-key and under the rug, but it's happening. And people don't believe that it's still happening because Mm -hmm. it's kept so well under the rug Mm -hmm. and, you know, in the back room, in the back office, you know, that kind of thing. It's not blatant out in front of you like it used to be. They just, you know... The side swipes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the conversations, yeah, the stereotyping. Exactly. Yeah, oh, yes. right, yes. right. Yeah. Uh, and you said stressed. Expand on that. Is a black man? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, again, going out, going for a run, mm. doing whatever, what you normally do. Sure. Yeah. You Things don't you know. you shouldn't have to worry about. That you shouldn't have to worry about. Regular, everyday activities you don't know if you're coming home. You don't know if you're going to end up in a hospital on the news, shot in the back six times, walking away. And that's insane to me. It's, it is. It's, it's it insane. Is. It is. And so I think, I th- and Michael said, that, but what I would say is, in such a good word, is this, that's not a media caricature. That's how you feel. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Then I think that's, a lot of times. Fact. Yeah. 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 Ebony. Um, it's same for me, like what Tamika said, um, it's disappointment, just, you know, it's 2020. And what's funny is my, uh, I have a nine-year-old son and he will, he just says like, mom, why don't they get it? Like, it doesn't make sense. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel that way. And, you know, my husband will say, well, he says sometimes I'm naive to, you know, issues that are going on around our um, country sometimes, or, you know, things in our community. Um, and when all of this came up, you know, in the last you know, a couple months in March and April when, when all this was going on, I really just had to sit back and, and say, are people really feeling this way still? I mean, yeah. 2020, and mm-hmm. it's just so sad. Yeah. It hurt. It, I mean, it hurts. It does. Yeah. It hurts bad. It does. It hurts really bad. And I think people don't realize how much it hurts to see African-American go through, because you think about it. We were sold into slavery. We graduated from that. And then we went to, well, you can't sit in this restaurant. You have to sit in the back mm. or sit in the back of the bus. And we graduated that from that. Ago. Yes, we graduated from that. And then it's like, okay, you can't vote. We graduated from that. So now we're thinking we're on a path where everybody can live in the world the same. But then you see this person got shot because of this. This person got shot because of that. So you're really not free. So the question is, when are African-Americans going to feel like they are free? That's, right. that's the question I have asked myself this year. Yeah. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's an important uh, we said that if you know I would encourage everybody to go back and listen to the talk that day because that sets context for everything Absolutely. in this. 
But I think one of the important things is 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 all of us would say we've taken steps forward, but the idea that we've perfected right. is yeah. where is what's been exposed. Exactly. Right. And and by what you said, yes, you know, in the fifties and sixties and my kids watched what was the Denzel Washington movie, Remember the Titans. Remember the oh yes, and, I love yeah. that movie. And they just couldn't get their head yeah. around what you're saying, yeah, Ebony. They just can't get their head can, around they cannot fathom it. They can't yeah. fathom it, right. which gives me a lot of hope. Exactly. For the yes. future, yes. Uh, I think again we love beating up Gen Z, you know, <laughs> boomers and, and and Gen X. Yeah. But I actually think they may be the ones that get this right. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, because to them, it's just the epitome of evil. Right. You yes. know, uh, no matter where you're at on the faith spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I do think there's hope there, but I do think, uh, Michael. I think the way you said it that we don't say it enough is the. Sideswipe stereotypical, which what may not be um, systemically organized is still personally held. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Viewpoint. Right. A viewpoint uh, from people. And to to Tamika's point, it's generational sin. It is. Mm -hmm. It's generational Mm -hmm. sin. Right. Uh, and, And it's taught. Uh, and, and experience. So second part of the question, Angel, yeah. what was it? What don't I know that I need to know based on your experience? And I think the question on that is I'm a Caucasian dude. Right. And, you know, we are have more Caucasians in our church than mm-hmm. Hispanic or uh, black people. Right. You know, uh, we've grown in diversity, not as where I want to be yet, but we've grown right. in diversity. Yes. Um, but... I think that's important for me to hear from people that are my brothers and sisters in a church that all affirm Jesus. What, what don't, that was the context of yes. the question. Yeah. A guy like me, what, what, and so some things we shared that night, hop into that guys. Well, I, I mean, I think for me, um, one of the biggest things I think a lot of people don't know is it's, it's both sides. It's two sides. So it's not mm-hmm. just whites are racist against blacks. I have experienced, I I will say probably that I have experienced more racism for blacks than I have whites. Um, Due to your husband being? um, Well, not, I mean, going back to like childhood because of the way I talk. Now my family's from the North. Right. um, Mm -hmm. So it's, you know. You talk white. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people, yes, yeah. people stereotype me that I'm, I, I talk white or I, I think I'm white or I want right. to be white or I'm right. trying to be, you know, like I'm I'm not happy with being black right. or not black enough. No, I just. Um, so, yeah, it's I get it. It's both. It's two yeah. sides. But you don't hear that. Mm-hmm. You don't hear mm-hmm. that a lot. Yeah, that's good. I do. I get that. I get that. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. What else? What else, Tamika, would you say? We don't know. Uh, Ebony goes both ways, that you've experienced uh, both ways, Tamika? I can rub off on what Ebony is saying. It does go both ways. Um, Some African-Americans can be harsh Uh towards others African-Americans. And when African-Americans are harsh towards other African-Americans, to me, that's like giving Caucasian the the okay to treat African-Americans the way you treat them. And I'm a firm believer to treat people how you want to be treated regardless of what race. So I would say understanding. People need to get more understanding. If this understanding what it's like to be an African-American, what it's like to be a... Because I'm married to a Caucasian. And there were some things I had to change because I married a Caucasian. I used to have a bad habit using the N-word as a slang. Uh I had that bad habit because that's how I grew up. Mm -hmm. And when I married him... 
I said to myself, I can't keep saying this because if he say this around me, mm. I'm going to be offended. Mm -hmm. So I learned myself to stop saying that word because I don't want my husband saying the word. Right. That's good. And I don't want yeah. my son saying the word and I don't want my daughter saying the word. So yeah. it, it has to start within with me. So I mm. started with me and That's I stopped saying you. that word. So because... We have to learn how to respect each other. We have to change ourselves. Sometimes we're not always right, and we have to remember that. And I had to remember that using that word was wrong. Mm -hmm. right. It was wrong for just wrong in general, period. For any for anybody for to anyone, say it. Right. Yes. it doesn't matter yes. who it is. Yeah. It doesn't matter yes. who it is. Absolutely. That's really good. Uh, yeah, un the, I'll get on that train of the understanding. Um, and black people also have to realize that white people don't know and you if you don't know what you don't know right yeah. it's you have to be patient people's not gonna it's not a switch that goes off the hey you know um oh, no it's not gonna happen like that you, it takes time education conversations conversations yes. and we at my house we have a lot of conversation um you know from one end of the of the spectrum to the other, why there is um, black on black racism because there is. Mm -hmm. um, there's a old movie, um, School Days, that uh, is a perfect example yeah. uh, mm -hmm. about um, a college movie where light skinned blacks and dark skinned blacks, oh, and mm -hmm. they're going at each other all the time. And at the end, it's like, y'all need to wake up. You're yeah. You're going against each other, mm -hmm. and and like Tamika said, that gives other people the open door to do the same. Mm -hmm. Right, and mm -hmm. it, it it's just so much ignorance. I I just makes my skin crawl. That like it just goes back to it's 2020. People wake up and smell the house burning. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I don't get it. I yeah. I, I just don't get it. I think one of the things, uh, just when you say empathy and understanding, I do think you kind of said it, people don't know what they don't know. Right. And so what I mean by that is uh, for a Caucasian, for me, a white pastor, again, a guy grown up in the South, um, you know, I, you would sit there and go, no, I think everybody gets an equal shake on everything because that's my perspective and that's what right. I'm told. Mm -hmm. But if you've been... Uh, looked a different way or looked at a different way for a job or passed over or things assumed about you right. mm -hmm. based on the color of your skin, I would not know that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I wouldn't think that because that's not my experience. Right. Nor would I think that's the way it still is because it's 2020. Right. But obviously my perspective is limited. I think that night, um, and I know he won't mind, Ellis made the point. Uh, Ellis is a pastor who attended here. Uh, and before he became a senior pastor at a church, and I preached for him a few a few months back, Ellis and Sabrina Rucker. But Ellis made the point that he has a conversation with his kid mm -hmm. when to always get the receipts printed at a store. Yes. That I just thought to myself, I would never think to have that conversation with my son. Yeah. But it's like, no, 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 there's certain conversations. I don't know uh, you can speak to this, Michael. That's why I'm asking you that, that a black father has with his son. Oh, yeah. Just because of the reality that I would never even imagine. That's why I'm saying my experience is different. And it just, my heart was so heavy that night when I heard that because I was going, wait yeah. a second here. Explain that. He has the receipts printed. Why? Yeah, he, he was given the example of uh, when you go to, let's say, Academy or Dick's, you mm -hmm. know, sporting goods store. 
do you want the email? Uh, do you want the receipt emailed or printed? Right. You always say printed because if if you're pulled over or assumed and there's something nice in your car without a receipt, mm. proof of purchase, proof of purchase. Yeah. That that that's just and and Michael, that's pretty standard. I think that's what you're saying. That's yeah. just mm-hmm. that's yeah. you're gonna in in teach your expl- talk talked about that for a second. Well, what I was told always when you go to a store. Do you want a bag for this? Yes. You get a bag. That shows that you bought this item at this store. You're mm-hmm. not just going out to your car with a naked item with no bag. Right. Did you pay for this or did you just go in and take it off the shelf and walk out of the store with it? Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Never mind you went to the counter and paid for it and then there's Trying two. Trying to save the environment. Right. Yes. Or, <laughs> you know, you got two or three other people walking in the parking lot doing the exact same thing. But you get the side eye, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't have it in a bag saying "big lots" on it, right? Right. Yeah, that would be the example he used of just going to conversation. Yeah. That was the uh, empathy and understanding. That would mm-hmm. be an example of something I would never think of, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but that's a reality. And Ellis is the most God fearing man I know. Yes, mm-hmm. he's a godly dude. Yes. Walks with the Lord. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes he I mean, he's way in front of the line of heaven than me. I mean, that. <laughs> Ellis is solid, man. Mm-hmm. He's a bivocational pastor that basically works full time to preach on the weekends. Wow. And it's just a, a phenomenal guy. And this guy's having a conversation. Right. You know, uh, so that was good. Something else, Angela? Is there anything that you all would like to say or can say that would help me or us, people like us, get it or fully understand? Well, I I think what Pastor Jason, what you shared that that one line about relationships, right size stereotypes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that, so good. that right there, that's the answer. That's yeah. the answer. That is yeah. the answer. African Americans are always stereotyped about something, um, whether it's job, athletic, you know, sports, you know, mm. whatever. Um, like so you, for me, I live in a small town, and it was African-Americans on this side of the tracks and Caucasians on this side of the tracks. Hmm. So when the African-American was on the other side of the tracks running around the neighborhood, we got pulled over, stopped and asking questions, you know, why, why are you here? Why are you there? And hmm. I hated that. I hated not, I hated that I couldn't go somewhere and felt welcome no matter where I went. And mm-hmm. so I think people need to understand just because we are in a nice neighborhood or just because we know how to play these sports, we should not be stereotyped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Yeah. And what's what's a coincidence? I know that all three of us sitting here, we're, we're all bi- biracial marriages. Yes. Um, and I'm sure that both of you have experiences I have with yes. we go out to eat. Oh, my God. Yes. They may automatically assume that we're not to, we're not together. So they'll say, is this? Two checks? Yes. And we can have our children with us. And it's like, now, how do you plan on splitting that (laughs) up? And then you hear this, oh, y'all together? Uh, Yeah, we are together. And and I don't think that it's always necessarily out of hate or... I just think that people, they have blinders on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't see it when we go out to eat. She sees it more than I do. Mm -hmm. To be honest, to be honest, I, you know, I'm just blocking out enjoying my time with my wife and but she has told me she's noticed people looking or or you know the whole check situation and all that stuff I was like oh that happened you know because one I've dealt with it all my life right and 
known how to block it out because you cannot let that run your life or you will go completely crazy. So I've mastered the blocking out of the ignorance. Sure. And, um, and it blows our mind that, you know, we were, we were all somewhere and both of us went into a store and, um, people were looking and people were looking and we were looking and this one, these two ladies kept looking so I just just waved at him. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> and she just died laughing. I said, "Well, they were staring. They must yeah. wanted me to say hey to them." You know. Uh-huh. Travis and I had an experience at a restaurant. It was um, owned by an owner from Madison County, so it was a little little hole in the wall Family type joint. restaurant. Yes. Yeah. So when we get there, we're you know biracial couple, and everyone's literally staring at us. So Travis, he's like, "Everybody's looking at us." I said, "Okay, let's give them a show." We held hands. We kissed. <laughs> we did all those things. I mean, if you want to look. Give them something to look at. You, you got something to look at now. That's what, that's what we do now. That's right. what, that's what right. we do. Right. We, we right. are together. We are husband and wife. We love each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's what yeah. we do. Yeah. I think uh, that's, I just think the, the term I've heard used that's kind of a clinical term or psychological term that we're talking about, again, is not systemic, but more shadow racism. Mm. Where it's kind of in the shadows, oh, yeah. right. two checks, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, l- looking at it in the store. Oh, y'all are together. Kind of more that ignorance of yeah. like what in the world, but that still exists. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Still, it still exists. It's still a real thing, even though, um, again, I would never think that. That's not my experience. Doesn't mean it's not real. I also think. The stereotyping that we really worked hard on was this whole idea that this is an issue of law enforcement in the black community. Mm-hmm. This is an issue of people. Have Absolutely. there been, yeah, the, the, the line that I've heard used, there's nothing that uh, good cops hate worse than bad cops, mm-hmm. like anything. And mm-hmm. has there been, sure, you know, uh, but that we, we just reject the notion that this whole thing is being played out in the media on on that mm-hmm. you know right. and, and i think that the, the the law enforcement the black this is not this is a people issue yes and there are symptomatic things of that people issue mm-hmm. yes right. correct correct absolutely right and we've just seen that over and over again i think it's one of those things we talked about that night that this was after rioting after much of that and there was nobody in the room that was like oh yeah that's the answer mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. our law enforcement needs to be def- stuff like that it's right. like come on ridiculous. i mean no no yeah it's just ridiculous <laughs> Yeah. So I think that's another important thing to go. Don't don't fall into the caricatures that are our media drives right. uh, for ratings and clicks. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Not for justice. Yep. Not right. for justice. So as a church, what can we do that we aren't doing enough of to help bring clarity and awareness to these issues? I mean, I would say more individually. Like, what do you think people kind of what you said, Ebony, uh, r- relationships, right? Size stereotypes. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. For me, I, Jason, as our leader, is is making that step mm-hmm. for Bethlehem Church to to follow. The day that he called us for to have that dinner was the day I needed to hear his voice. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. didn't know that, but God knew that. Mm-hmm. He called at the perfect time because when he before he called, I was on social media and I was like, "Okay, Travis, I'm over this." Mm. I mean, I. Boohoo and crying, hurt, sad, angry, heartbroken, and, and, and heartbroken. Give a little context for why, if we can do it gently. There was basically 
comments on social, social media, media from people that you attend church with yes. that just were yes. just, just perpetuating. And, and, and voicing their opinion, not saying there's nothing wrong, but the way I look at it is before I post something, I think about other people. Yeah. I think about their feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to post something that I know I'm friends with this person and I know this right. could offend this person. How right. would this make them feel? And, and this is what I was saying that day. I'm like, Wow. Yeah, this, just my, hurt. this hurt mind blowing, just mm-hmm. hurtful. Mm-hmm. And he called at the right time. So I'm saying to Bethlehem Church and who are listening right now, follow our leader, Jason. Because if you think about the story about the lost sheep, the 99, Jason mm-hmm. cares about the 99, which is Bethlehem Church. Mm-hmm. But sure. right now he is going after that one, which is like the African. How he reached out was reaching out to the African American, let them know, I love you. I'm here for you. I'm there for you. I'm here to support you. That's what I needed to hear. And mm-hmm. I think Bethlehem Church need more people to follow our leader showing love. Right. Well, I appreciate that. And I think I would just say to make it the heart of it, it's Paul's follow me as I follow the example of Christ. Yes. Which yes. you hope that's what Paul says. I'm not really, you're really following Jesus, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when there is a community of people in your church hurting and they don't hear your voice, that's an issue. It's yeah. issue, and and I I just knew then that 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 in that season I was on vacation I felt helpless and that's when I felt the Holy Spirit going just listen, yeah. and we've had these conversations before all we this, mm-hmm. we've had we these have. conversations before all this, but that really perpetuated going no 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 we're going to stay in this conversation, and yes. I'm going to take the arrows for the conversation mm-hmm. if they come, uh, because I'm going to do the right thing because this is about the capital C church the body of Christ yes. not right. just Bethlehem Church. Yes. Right. Yeah, and that's what I love what you shared during that message um, is that God's kingdom doesn't look like people that are made up, you know, that look like you and Angela. Mm-hmm. Right. right. It's it's every color, every shade, you know, every tribe, every nation. So, and I think the way that you have led our church into, you know, informing us and educating educating us on that, yes. um, that is a step in the right direction. Yes. Good. And that is the... Education is the key. You, like I said, you don't know what you don't know. So you open yourself up to new things, uncomfortable things, and you know, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes, mm-hmm. that's good. Yes. It's it's. I just can't get away from the just. The, it's just ignorance. It's just. Mm-hmm. It's just you know, Nana and and Papa, you know, telling you, hey. You can't play with him, and mm. and and that just goes on forever and ever. And at yeah. some you point, know, somebody has to step up and say, "But why? To, but why? why? Right? Yes. Why? Right? Right? Yes." And that's why that's why I think the BLM came out, and people are like, "Well, all lives matter." Yes, no doubt. all lives definitely no matters. doubt. No There's doubt. no doubt about that. Yeah. But we're African American, like saying we matter too. We are tired sure. of mm-hmm. going through these racial things that we've been going through sure. for decades right. and sure. decades. We are tired. Because we want our voice to be heard. We're not saying that you don't matter because all of us matter. Blue lives, all. Yeah, every, yeah. Yeah. And that's just, I think, to make it, that's a great example of how I said the problem with this conversation is the word Black Lives Matter is that true 100%. But the arrows I would take because of what the organization represents, I have to disqualify it a billion different ways. Mm-hmm. I have to, I have, if you will, I have to go, well, but here's what I, that's yes. the sad part of this conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. The work you have to do to unwind the tents instead yes. of just going, yeah, absolutely. Right. right. Black mm-hmm. lives matter. Right. And so do blue lives and mm-hmm. white lives. But the, the movement being, or the voice being that 
we have to listen to all voices yes. continually over and over. It's a, it's a huge, bigger picture than just that. Put yourself in someone else's shoes. Please. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom mm-hmm. line. You have to just like literally visualize if this had to happen to my family, if this had to happen to my son or my daughter, just literally put yourself for five minutes. Just for five minutes. How would you have felt if your son was on the ground was with, with a police officer knee on his neck and he can't breathe? How would that make you feel as a parent sure. in mm-hmm. general? Not mm-hmm. the race, just as in general. As right? a human being. As right. a human being. It's right. it's like what your mama taught you. Right. It's it's that element. It ain't rocket science. Yeah. It's not. It, it's mm-hmm. treat people like you want to be treated. It's not rocket science. It's nothing at NASA or you know. It, it's simple. Right. ABCs and one, two, right. three. Yeah, it's, right. it's, I yeah. mean. And this rule go back to when God said, "Love thy neighbor." It goes all the way back to biblical time. If right. all lives matter to everybody, we won't be having this conversation right yes. now. Right. We would not be having, if all lives mattered to everybody, it wouldn't do you no racism. It would be more love. To me, it takes too much energy too much. to hate, to go on social media and express your opinion. It takes too much energy to do that, but it takes less energy to love and show love. Right, mm-hmm. right. It's good. It's good. Well, listen, I want you guys to know, uh, thank y'all. This is a ton more to this conversation. I'm sure we'll have it again over time. Y'all were a great panel. Thanks for your service to this church. Bethlehem Church, I think this is something that we are continuing to learn. What I love this church is the language we use, Bethlehem Church, united in Christ. Yes. And we're for all people. That's right. And so united in Christ, what that means is we don't have our, I'm from the South, I'm from the North, I'm white, I'm black, I'm Republican, I'm Democrat, I'm conservative, I'm liberal, I'm Baptist, I'm Methodist. We are united in Christ. Mm -hmm. Yes. We just kind of say that. That's the deal, Jesus. And the second is we're for all people, which that means the for God so loved the world is a really big tent. <laughs> if you will, it's a really big right. open. God so loved the world. What is, what is that? The world. The world. Right. That's you know? the whole world. So the whole we world. want to represent that and not shy away from tense conversations. And so, man, engage with us. Continue on. Angela, you want to kind of take us out? Uh, thank you so much for listening and thank you all for being here. And yeah, we, uh, we hope to continue these types of conversations because we, we love big here at Bethlehem church and we want everyone to know that everyone to feel loved and know that they are a part of the family of God. So thank you all. Thanks guys. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.